Blog Talk Radio. fuck else brian rails flying it solo tonight on wrestle radio network thursday edition and a lot of things have caught my attention professional wrestling one you know the morgan winning the women's championship the same night that she actually won the briefcase outside of money in the bank which i guess i could uh sit there and go line by line match for match about how what i thought and Outcome, thought process, but you know what? 
This solo edition of Wrestle Radio Network has been brought to you by Crazy Incorporated. So get ready, buckle your fucking seatbelts, and get ready for the one hell of a mental ride, okay, that you're going to experience. Okay, now, Angel Fishes and all the patient folk listening to this show, first and foremost, Big Show, now currently in AEW, wants to introduce a character that was beloved in the 1999 film The Waterboy with Adam Sandler Captain Insano you know a lot of things come to mind when we think of a big guy like this not even it just seems like why care you know there's 122 people on AEW's roster why the fuck not According to an according to sources and multiple articles that have been posted, and this is what was stated, okay. According to Metroco.uk, source reads like this: the veteran best known for his legendary two-decade run in WWE. Oh, 1998, I was zero. The guy who wrote the Waterboy has approved. Tony Khan and I have secured the rights to Captain Sano. There's already an outfit in nine yards. We're doing a lot of prep work, and this will be my last hoorah to speak. Okay, moving on. It sounds like White wants to bring back his wrestling alter ego who appeared on TV Hero Chandler's character for one last in-ring stint before he retires. But he insisted it's simply meant to be fun. He told Wrestling Incorporated, let's be honest, I don't think this character is going to be a killer going out there trying to beat Sean Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Obviously not. So, you know. And then at this point, I think this character is just to have fun. We'll see how it goes. But for me right now, this is just a chance to have fun with this character and be a bright spot on the show. Wow. That's saying much being a bright spot on their show. I mean, they've got plenty of that. Guy just wants to have fun. So, at the same token, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. AEW's already got a ton of characters. It's like one big video game, you know, bar that goes from one character to the next. Character to the next. You've got Moxley, Orange Cassidy, Thunder Rosa, and she's quite a character with all her, you know, face paint and all that stuff. You got Darby Allen, Sting. Acclaimed. This list goes on, folks. And one of the onslaughts of a new character in wrestling, like, are we going to repackage it? He doesn't give a shit. The guy's on his way out. He literally said, I'm just going to have fun. And why not poke fun at myself by having him be Captain Insano? Look, I think it's great that AEW is putting together, you know, nice little package deal for him to get. The moniker of Captain Insano. But I do want to point out, this guy's already accomplished it all. You can't really make fun of the guy. Although some people, yeah, they can. Nicknames like Big Slow and, you know, well, he's got more turns than NASCAR. It's because over the years, his character really, I don't know, throughout the time that he's been since the age of 19 was to be a product of Monster Factory with Pretty Boy Larry Sharp but didn't really I mean to me guys 
Big Show was a big deal in the corporate ministry. Yes, he was a big influence in the NWO. But now he's just like, I don't give two shits. I'm on my way out. What does that say about AEW? In this instance, they're like, okay, big man, what do you want to do? I'm pretty sure the conversation between Big Show, Tony Khan, and other people affiliated with AEW basically sat down and said, you know what, fuck it. Let's give the big man one last hoorah. Let's not give two shits. Whether he comes out with toilet paper wrapped around him in the form of a toga, or the fact now that he's coming out as a character from a movie that came out 24 years ago. Considering some of you guys who are watching wrestling now, you don't really care. And you just think I'm some poor old fool on a podcast babbling about something he found off the internet. Well, you're right about one thing. I found something off the internet. Old? I don't fucking think so. And two, for those of you who want to message me on Instagram, it's wrestle underscore radio. You can even call in, dudes. I don't care. Also, from the Book of Faze, it's Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. On Twitter, it's at underscore Brian Rails. On Twitter, be sure to follow, like, share, download the episodes that air on iTunes or are put on iTunes, I should say, available within the next 24 hours. In the next two hours, remastered version of Wrestle Radio Network's episodes all on blogtalkradio.com for now. So, folks. Big Show is on his way out. They haven't really utilized him other than maybe, I don't know, if he's had any matches since he's been involved with AEW. But this should be funny as shit. I mean, why not let the big man have his fun? He's been wrestling for years. He's been on the road off and on, part of a TV show. So I guess this is his last, like, well, fuck it. I'm old. I'm done. I've already accomplished a lot. I've been tag team champion, intercontinental champion, United States champion. He's been the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He's part of the most historic group in pro wrestling history. What more is left for the big... What more is left for the giant to, you know, continue doing? It's like, is he going to mentor other big dudes when he gets done? I don't know. I don't know what's left for the big show, but what I do know is, is that you can't, with wrestling right now, it's just, there's so much shit going on, and later on in the show we're going to be discussing the WWE going to a TV-14 rating, but before all that hoopla and all that mess, you know, one must wonder... What's going on with pro wrestling in general right now? You got Logan Paul signing a multi-year contract, even though it's just one year with WWE, and everyone's losing their fucking minds over that. Oh, and you know, there was a an incident at a Walmart. As a professional wrestler's caught a purse thief. And... I believe one of the wrestlers who helped take the purse thief down at said Walmart was Brian Idol. And, you know, that's funny because she went out the plane, she panicked because she couldn't find her purse. I don't know the, let me 
research the name here. But um, here's the thing. If it's on TMZ, you know it's a big deal. So this happened in Tampa, Florida. And also, you know, let's see here while I'm looking it up. I want to get the exact details. They help catch criminals. So, uh, no, purse thief. There we go. I know the dude's name was Brian Idol. And I know that. Meet the balloons on the detect. Okay, so. It says, meet the vigil- it says, meet the vigilante wrestlers who tracked down and tackled a purse thief. So. NWA wrestlers Brian Idol and Natalia Markova were returning by plane to Tampa from TV tapings in Nashville last month. They landed in, yeah, Markova could not find her purse. So she told the New York Post that she she suffered an injury. So, and this was at a Walmart. And we're okay. She didn't realize she exited the plane. She did not have her purse. When she returned to the gate, plane was already boarding. So... And then, let's see here, what happened after that, they hopped in and Ubered as Carlos Park and eventually tracked the thief down at a Walmart in Pinellas Park. So that was 45 minutes of the report. Um, if somebody was trying to buy a TV. So how dumb does one person have to be stealing a fucking purse? From somebody and then trying to purchase the TV, you fucking dipshit. Yeah, karma's gonna bite this poor soul in the fucking ass. It already did. Idol approached the and tried to talk him. And um, so what's funny is, <laughs> read on this shit. Guess what, guys? This thief ain't too bright. It says, as we walked into the Walmart, her phone actually went off with a fraud alert. It said somebody was trying to buy a $700 TV. Jesus Christ, dude. Idol approached the thief and tried to talk to him, having recognized him from sitting in the row on the flight. He kind of put his hands on me and ran through me with the fact that he stole her stuff. At that point, common sense dictated the law enforcement would think it was okay to go after him, Idol said. My intent was not to kill the guy. Markova said he tackled the guy like a quarterback sack and held him down. He wasn't punching. He made sure to do it in the safest way possible to still stop him. So there's security footage of the dude just basically getting his ass whooped. And it says, I don't record that general settlement inside Walmart where, of course, everyone in the store started speculating on what happened so that so was let to let the guy go. That's like insane, I said. That's bizarre world. While I was dealing with the theme, Marco was telling Walmart staff to call the police who arrived about 10 minutes later. Yep. According to the police report, suspect Kevin Cobley was detained. He admitted to stealing the purse, which contained $600 cash and Markova's credit card. He returned the cash and said that the purse had been turned into American Airlines personnel at the Tampa airport. Idol and Markova ultimately declined to press charges. Okay. That was genuine of him because I would fucking impress charges against the dude. Yeah, the shit was returned, and it's materialistic of me to think like that, but I'll carry on. Both wrestlers are appearing in the NWA in 74 in St. Louis, August 27th and 28th. 
Markova is also in a women's tournament for the Lucha Libre promotion AAA. She will compete in Monterey, Mexico on July 24th. Not to completely read from the articles, but then this is also the... Okay, so Billy Corgan is going to be there as well. Uh, is owned by Smashing Pumpkins, lead singer Billy Corgan. Anyways, continuing on, folks, with this onslaught of news, the fact that the dude stole money from Korkova and then basically just said, here, here it is, I don't want to, I don't want to cause injury. You tried to buy $700 of TV, $700 worth of shit. Why? My biggest question is, why would you steal? Like, is the TV really that much of a thrill for you, my friend? Not condoning stealing by any sense of the mean, but when you... He probably didn't even know that the dude could beat the fuck out of him. And you look at one look at Brian Idol, it's like, this guy's huge. Uh, he looks like a model. He's also a wrestler. He wrestles for NWA. Did he know all that? No. Did he think he could get away with stealing someone's purse? Off of a fucking, that's just, I, I sorry folks, my brain hurts when some people's logic, when you steal from someone, it's called, I will press, char- I would have pressed charges, the guy nice enough to return it and say they didn't press charges because, well, he tried to elude him at first and the police came, arrested him and they released him. That's a, whoo wee, that's a brain twister right there makes you think what the fuck is wrong with people that you gas would have been you know something but even then fraud would have been detected and been used by someone else a fe- you stole a female's purse you asshat what a dick bag you truly are and that's just one news story folks that was worth reporting because it gained the attention not only TMZ but the New York Daily Post everywhere. Consider how you know, that's really cool that wrestling got recognized, but it's kind of a sad thing that you know it got recognized because the dude got a beat down in Walmart for stealing someone's purse that had six hundred dollars attached to the fucker. And two, if I was you two, I would have pressed charges. I mean, that's just. That's just logic in my brain, okay? Let's just swing by one more tidbit of information. What's going on, man, with Ric Flair and Chris Jericho, the drama on Twitter? And also, we're going to take one article or news story at a time, folks, all right? So, Chris Jericho was, or actually, Ric Flair's tweet towards Chris Jericho it's kind of insightful. Let me just, you know, read the fucking shit so that I can get out of my system, okay? Just pull this shit up here right now. I don't know why this would be kind of a fucking work, but it's like, is he picking a fight with Chris? Chris is smiling and wearing his cheap red suit or whatever. Ric Flair's last match, according to this, is July 31st, and the undercard looks stacked. Okay, yeah, whatever. This is what Ric Flair, Nature Boy, said. said, living legend in your own mind, Shawn Michaels wannabe. Ric Flair never will be. Woo! Where did you buy that cheap suit? Question mark. 
obviously not from Atchin's playbook. You know, for a 73-year-old who's been a 16-time world champion, you're trying to get Chris Jericho because he's one of the few wrestlers that would agree to give you a final match. And please, for the love of God, we love you. We respect you. There's no one else that'll be like the Nature Boy. No one else. They can try, but there's no duplicates. So I'm going to ask this question. Oh, goodness. But flared him. I'm going to gasket over that one. That's because I, I think, folks, this may be a potential work. And, or, or it could be a legit shoot. Never know, Rick. Okay. Um, but then it goes over what's going on in Impact, and it says the main event. Okay, Rick and Carrie Morton with Robert Gibson versus Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. So it doesn't even mention Ric Flair's name on Impact. But you know what? Here's the thing. Christian also referred to himself as a living legend later during Dynamite, but Flair didn't blow again. Of course, Chris, you know, Chris Jericho and Ric Flair, you know, mutual friends, like, let's, you know, give me one one last hoorah. I don't know if Rick fucking said that shit. I don't know why on social media this dude be picking fights with someone. To tell you the truth, guys, I'm not going to hold back. Ric Flair is a mixed bag. If he likes you, he respects you, he will let you know, because this man has lived through a lot of shit. And no one outweighs the nature boy as far as credibility goes and i don't care who you are hogan that's here and there if you know he's the babe ruth of wrestling well then i guess that makes rick flair and mickey mantle i'm just saying dude but anyways what he just said to chris i can't really tell if it's a legit shoot or if it's a work because knowing rick how addicted he is to wrestling, there ain't no shame in being addicted to something you love. That's just how the world of professional wrestling works, all right? You can't get out of it no matter how hard you try. And Rick trying to goat Chris Jericho into a fight. I mean, Chris Jericho also, in some people's minds, a legend in his own right. Great on the microphone, charisma this, charisma that. This kissing his ass right and left. So what is the deal? Is Rick trying to bait Chris Jericho into giving him? I mean, no, he already has somebody lined up for him. But at the same time, like I said, Rick is a mixed bag. If he likes you, he'll praise you all around, up and down, and give you your accolades. But if he doesn't like you, (laughs) the tweet I just, I find it funny because he's acting as if he's still in his mid-twenties, Space Mountain, the longest ride ever, and he's, you know, Ric Flair lived and breathed his gimmick, which was, you know, not uncommon during that time, but now it's kind of like, I wish he would just go away type thing, and, and ride off into the sunset like the legend that you are, dude. Mad respect, but fucking leave. Just go. You're an amazing dude. Nobody wants to see. 
Ric Flair, you know, leave in a bloody crimson mess or on a stretcher or better yet, you know, he's at 73 years old. The guy can still roll around. The guy can still bump. The guy lived through – Ric Flair lived through a plane crash. But to start fucking tweeting at Chris Jericho, it's kind of really – He's kept up with the times. I'll give him that. That's adapting to the times. It's also kind of annoying because it's like if he could just mentor the other people in wrestling so you can still be involved because we know you love it more than life itself. Wrestling is fucking addictive. We get it. But that tweet kind of just, it just solidified like, man, is he ever going to let go? Are you? Are you going to let go, Rick? That's just my thing. Rick's a great dude. Again, nothing but respect for the man, but boy, he's a mixed bag of what the fuck. Is he going to retire? Is he going to come back? Is he going to be behind the scenes? What are you, Rick? That's basically the whole purpose of this segment is like, I got, you know, there's a lot of questions. You got first, you know, the first topic that comes to mind is, Longevity or subject matter with Ric Flair. This dude could last to be about like a hundred and some odd years old and still want to get in the ring, even in a walker or a cane on one leg, hopping up and down, and he'll give one last elbow drop, one last freaking pinfall. And who knows? He might be wrestling at over a hundred. I don't know. But this this is kind of getting annoying. It's either you in or you out. And Mad respects you. Can't wait for your last match. Because Nature Boy will never, ever you know, go away in our minds. But for the sake of all this good and professional wrestling, like Moolah, man, leave. Because it will be doing wrestling a favor. You don't have to do anything more. Then leave whether you probably gonna win your match, your last match, Rick. But tweeting out Chris Jericho kind of made me just be like, really love you to death. It's kind of a comedy right now with what's going on with Ric Flair, and also a serious thing because you want him to do well on his last match, but it's like in my personal opinion of Rick, he's already accomplished so much. He's won sixteen world titles. He's won tag team championships in all fucking facets, minus ECW. He didn't even touch that company, but didn't need to. Because I guarantee you if he did, he'd be wearing gold some way, shape, or form because the name Ric Flair popped up and he didn't mind. He would not mind fucking bleeding. I'm telling you, Ric Flair is no stranger to fucking getting. Whether it be the natural way, barbed wire, thumbtacks, Rick doesn't care. He's just one of those guys that <laughs> you don't know. It's one big fucking question mark. And I'm going to leave what, you know, that fucking tweet alone, the subject matter. If you want to discuss it further, come at me at wrestle underscore radio on Instagram, at underscore, at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter, and on the book of face, wrestle radio network forward slash facebook.com. Now, folks, before we get to Off the Rails Uncensored, I'm going to sit here and tell you this, to me, not uncommon for 
history to repeat itself in professional wrestling. And before I go on tangent during, you know, the last tidbit of the show, what I will inform you is, is that if you want to go to a professional wrestling school, why not go to monsterfactory.org? Check it out. Uh, Danny Cage's school is located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. For more information, contact one of the representatives on the website on monsterfactory.org. Do not email the office at certain hours. There's a phone number located directly on the website itself. For more information about attending the world-famous Monster Factory in Paulsboro, New Jersey, contact the phone number, contact the representatives right away, and make your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler, manager, referee, commentator, whatever it is that you want in pro wrestling, go train at Monster Factory. It is the bomb diggity. You will not regret it. And Danny School's got a good reputation. Look, Matt Riddle, the Gallows, Carl Anderson. I mean, that's just to name a few that came out of that school. Um, I, you know, can't say nothing bad about Monster Factory. They're a great, great place to train at or even visit and try it out. You know, one of their summer camps. I don't know if Danny is going to have one of those this year. If he does, cool. If not, hit up the school, go take a tour, go watch a show on the weekend. It's the, it's the best, okay? monsterfactory.org the address should be located on the website if you have any trouble call the phone number all right folks that does it for the advertisements so mm -hmm. before we move forward off the rails uncensored the following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast wrestle radio network pro belongs to the owner, Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared. protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved, Wrestle Radio Network. Slice of Pizza Incorporated 2022 and Beyond the Tracks 2022. So, folks, it's been a minute since I've done this shit, but um, before I do, I'm going to take you back in time to a place that which may or may not be familiar. So, uh, Maestro, if you could, I know it's been a minute, but can you please find that lovely switch? and hit my music. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand.
been said that anything could happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide-open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like the days of our lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, cartoons like the King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like Seinfeld, and other widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero who urged you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. Therefore, we've embarked upon a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. However, due to the live nature of Raw in the war zone, we encourage some degree of parental discretion as it relates to the younger audience allowed to stay up late. Other WWF programs on USA, such as Saturday Morning Livewire and Sunday Morning Superstars, were a 40% increase in the younger audience. Obviously, however, need no such discretion. We are responsible television producers who work hard to bring you this outrageous, wacky, wonderful world known as the WWF. Through some 50 years, the World Wrestling Federation has been an entertainment mainstay here in North America and all over the world. One of the reasons for that longevity is as the times have changed, so have we. I'm happy to say that this new vibrant creative direction has resulted in a huge increase in television viewership, for which we thank USA Network and TSN for allowing us to have the creative freedom, but most especially, we would like to thank you for watching. Raw and the War Zone are definitely the cure for the common show. Cure for the common show. So here we are 26 years later, and they're going to a TV 14 rating. Is there reasoning behind this? Is there a reason why WWE... It's just, it's funny. It's just, you know, people forget. Um, <laughs> change the spot. So, <laughs> what do they mean by this? So, Raw could change the sport as we know it. So, since the 2000 program has been called TVPG and went for a more family-friendly approach. So, okay. They kind of had to because it was actually 1997. So, that was because it was a different time period. Bret the Hitman Hart was the champion back then. He didn't care if he wrestled for a certain amount of money. That's why there's some discrepancies because if you look back in history, folks, the Montreal Screwjob changed the history completely. When he was citing out that he was going to WCW, you know, after the fact that he got fucked over by Fins and the creative, you know, at the time in Montreal, in his own home country, that was the birth, I believe, in my opinion, because you have Stone Cold Steve Austin, you have Shawn Michaels. Some people may debate whether or not the TV-14 rating is going to change WWE. Obviously, it got people talking. Obviously, it did its job, just changing one thing. 
There's only a few wrestlers, I think, that have uh, actually. There's a lot on that roster that wrestle in the Indies, and sure, you know, sometimes in these films, their stuff and does it get as much national attention as a WWE or AEW or even NWA gather yeah, that that much attention on TV rating wise? Got to understand, back in '97, dude, this is the first time that this country was really kind of flailing back and forth between big, you know, not really showing interest in baseball or, for that matter, football has kind of been dominating and wrestling was kind of just floating around like a turd in the fucking toilet was getting flushed. And all of a sudden, Vince comes on the TV and says, we're going to not do this tomfoolery thing anymore and we're going to give you actual entertainment. Because that's what our companies, you know, they took it from what it was in 97. And boy, man, I think the turning point in the company, in my opinion, is probably WrestleMania 14. I mean, they had a sold-out arena after sold-out arena. Because like Vince said in that video, we're going to give you, we're going to be as edgy as, you know, that cartoon King of the Hill. Or the videos that you see on MTV, which is a different time period, because they still do videos. It's just called MTV, too. <laughs> but it's it's good to evolve your company. It's good to make changes, because if something's not working in pro wrestling, it's always good to adapt. And that brings me to this next point. It's like Triple H said, you can either adapt or perish. The decision because at times, yes, AEW reached a million viewers, then 700,000, then 500,000, back up to 900,000. They're all about ratings. WWE did just fine before they switched the label to TV 14, and this is just a personal opinion because I, I can't for the life of me sit and watch three-hour programming and be bored to fucking tears because the commentary – no offense, guys. I like Corey Graves, Byron Saxon, cool. The third dude, I'm sorry I don't remember or recall your name. Just going to refer to this as a three-part announce team that actually calls the action in the ring and actually, even though it's cheesily written and the commentators, you know, they try and go with the flow, some of the show, but three hours of last week, you beat me in the center of this ring. And this time, you're not going to be so lucky. Again, dredged up bullshit that is written and it sounds forced by 20 collegiate writers who don't really give a shit about wrestling or don't even watch wrestling or even they're just using this as a part of their resume are now going to be forced to write edgier shit. So again, I and others who live through the attitude watching this and reading this citing this going wow do we need a fucking DeLorean to go back in time to 1997 is it going to be similar to the Attitude Era or is it going to be totally completely different now that we the difference between AOL and Twitter and Facebook and Telegram and all this stuff all the social media outlets that WWE get to promote themselves on because for two years, folks, people were just focused on the bullshit, you know, 
the pandemic, all the shit with George Floyd, all the shit with Breonna Taylor, Richard Brooks. Yes, I'm including news in this because people were fixated on other shit other than pro wrestling is what I'm getting at. Now, the fact that they're implementing a different style of TV rating is a huge deal. This shit better not be cheesy bullshit written for people and promos. Make it organic in WWE is kind of a rarity. I mean, you did have CM Punk. You did have Triple H at one point. Uh, actively on the show is what I'm talking about, creating TV14 content. Because at one point, if you want an example of CM Punk and Triple H making it TV14 during the PG era, when Punk talked about Hunter's wife, that's a little bit edgy. People can talk about people as relatives for the longest in wrestling. Since the dawn of the whatever age, okay? But to to gravitate towards that thought process of maybe we should tune in on Monday to see what this nonsense is about. I'm hoping and praying that you guys do something with the TV 14 rating. That's all I'm going to say. What brought this on? Well, Cody Rhodes is hurt. I mean, that kind of actually did hinder a lot of shit. But now that there's a TV 14 rating, do you notice how everyone's gravitating towards that one subject outside of the other subjects that was duly noted during the beginning of this fucking program? WWE... Man, I will admit, I used to watch that shit religiously back in the day in high school. Now I tune in pay-per-view and occasional Friday Night Smackdown. That's not going to get noted as, well, that's just personal opinion, and there are people that still watch it. Yes, there are people that still watch it regardless of one person's godforsaken opinion. There are people that still watch it as a form of escape. There are people that I have spoken with as the casual fan. Do they know about AEW? It's always popping up on TNT. It's the same fucking programming that's on, you know, not obviously during when the NBA finals are on or the NBA playoffs or hockey, NHL. Let me tell you something. The reason I believe, personally speaking, that WWE switched to TV-14 is because they realized looking at 1.5, 1.9 as their fucking rating system for a three-hour program, it's, it's all about based on how many homes actually tune in for longer than this time. But you know what's funny is they base it off of they tuned into us, so that counts as a point-something buy rate for our ratings. With TV 14, hmm, I wonder how much attention is going to get dragged to USA Network. Will it change for the, you know, for the good of professional wrestling? Yeah, you bet your ass it is. That's a definite change because if you look at other programming, the only other programming that's duly noted is the Big Titan outside of AEW. Who, who is garnering over? A million ratings. Who, you know, which wrestling company is due, like, noticed all over the world? And if people are going to sit there and say to me, well, AEW is better because 
majority of them know what they want to see and they don't want to be disappointed. That's a different subject for a different day, folks, but the reason why I believe, personally speaking, that WWE went to a TV-14 rating, had to switch the labels because no one's fucking tuning in. It's so bad when you have, like, no intrigue whatsoever and the slate needs to be cleaned. Meaning, if you need 20 writers to write for three hours with different wrestlers and writing their promos... I can assure you the Miz doesn't need someone to write for him. I assure you that, you know, it's nice having people write paragraphs when, in fact, they, I'm pretty sure the WWE doesn't need that bullshit. What they need is a shakeup in the company. Despite the fact that Cody Rhodes is injured, despite the fact that Ronda Rousey relinquished, not relinquished, but had her chance you know, defending her own championship on a pay-per-view, and it kind of was just like, okay, that was new. There is no longer a brand split. So, until Survivor Series, we'll see how well that works. You've got a whole lot of elements going into this. There's no more brand split. Raw is still three hours. But the dialogues, the promos are the hardest things to get through when you're trying to sit there and just watch wrestling. You can have matches. You can have maybe one or two promos before commercial break. But like I said, I'm going on tangent. So I believe personally the reason why they did it is to shake things up, make things different, give it a different feel because they already have really cool graphics for wrestlers' entrance. You know, they... Make it very theatrical. Thank you, Nick Khan, for that nonsense. Um, if they were going to keep the PG era, I guarantee you more people would be like, oh, I used to watch wrestling back when I was a kid. That stings as a wrestling fan, to be honest with you. And it's the reason why a lot of people are gravitating back to the independent scene. Because... At least there, I mean, some model after the WWE and the way they format their show, some, you know, just go straight into it and be like, okay, this is who's winning, this is who's not. Yes, they have intermissions, and yes, you know, it takes longer than a normal programmed wrestling show, but if the WWE doesn't change up their format, if they don't decide to teach... The dog some new tricks. Guess what? More people in general who used to fawn over the idea of, you know, going home, recording that shit when they still had VHS as a thing, recording that shit on a blank tape and then watching it the next day. I was one of those people that had two VCRs. And I love the fact that WWE kept you on the edge of your seat. You didn't know what was going to happen. It was that kind of thrill. Now are they going to go back to that format? I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. What I do know is, as a longtime wrestling fan, who has been through ECW, WCW, USWA, TVWA, 
getting to change your monitor, how you do things, how you run things in wrestling, it's like adjusting at the job. Sometimes there's been new policies and procedures, and you got to follow along. As fans, mm, that shit's kind of hard to do because WWE has a limited roster. There's not very many big names left on the card. The biggest dude that's making a surge is Matt Riddle. Is he going to, you know, how is a guy like him going to adjust to the TV 14 rating with flying colors, dude? Um, If you don't think that, you know, NXT is going to follow suit because they dropped the PG label, NXT's already been on that ball for a long time. When they switched up and had different people come in as creative control, that's when, in my opinion, the PG rating did not help NXT's cause, nor did it help any of WWE's programming altogether. It was it's <laughs> watching something for three hours. That's like sitting through the Titanic and not blinking, or even going for popcorn or nachos because that shit was so fucking long. That's what watching Raw has been like for the last, you know, few moments outside of. A few segments like Kevin Owens and uh, Ezekiel or Kevin Owens and Elias or Austin Theory. Most casual fans are like, oh yeah, I remember when it was The Rock and Stone Cold and Triple H. And when it was not, I mean, going back 25 years, because yeah, 25 years, holy shit. 1997 is completely different. The landscape was different. So the rating had to change because Vince was getting his ass kicked by WCW and Eric Bischoff because for 83 weeks, that's a long-ass time. That's a year. That's almost two years of rating ratings bookings, man. Eric Bischoff did it with J.J. Dillon, and he had experienced bookers, and plus talent was just flowing into WCW's locker rooms. AEW might do some exchanges with WWE here and there, but, you know, here's the thing. When people are still flocking to AEW or NWA or Impact or whatever floats their boat, you know you got to change shit up. You know you have to get in the mode of let's do different. Pro wrestling right now, oh, it's like a roller coaster. It's up. Down, it's up, it's down. Is there no level of consistency, dudes? Probably not. But a TV 14 rating gets talked about and jazzed up, and it's like, oh man, is it going to go back to the attitude era? Oh, you know, people are making cracks at it, memes. I guess what? It already is doing its job because come Monday, I'm not going to watch it, but I will watch the replay. It's if they still have it on Hulu or on whatever website I can watch the replay on. Peacock might have it, but, you know, the biggest thing with this whole rating change is are they going to keep up good programming or are you guys going to fall victim to one of those? We changed it for them. We're going to just pull the rug out from under them and not give them what they want. 
you can't give fans what they want all the time. But you can guarantee that WWE is going to come up with something. They have to. This is a do-or-die situation for wrestling. All the controversy surrounding Vince McMahon, who keeps constantly going out there and promoting WWE is then, now, and forever. I don't know what else to do. I mean, they... They already had a chat with John Cena, who already, re, you know, refused to appear at SummerSlam. Um, but instead, they've got Logan Paul, Ronda Rousey still floating around. They've had people leave, you know, before a main event. So if your talent's leaving because they feel disrespected, and then you've got signings of celebrities and... All this chaos going on, but not really doing anything because the rating of your show was rated, what, PG. And some people are like, oh, it's a terrible era. Even if so, guys, they managed to put together two nights of WrestleMania that was sold out twice in Dallas, right? And without the TV-14 rating, I mean, yeah, it was years of arenas that had maybe... Eight to 9,000, lucky if they filled it, filled up Madison Square Garden. They had to put black tarp. I remember those days. They had to put black tarp over the seats. And they only, you know, the cameras only focus on the rows that had people, obviously, because you don't want to focus it on the blank spaces and the nosebleeds. That's what people got turned off by wrestling because it was the same shit. Someone would get fed directly to John Cena, and then it just, the concept burned out in my mind. I stopped watching wrestling for five months, partially because it was labeled PG, and wrestling was no longer an escape. It was a fucking chore to watch. They're like, well, that's not a very open mind when you watch pro wrestling. That is like subjecting moi to watch the Green Lantern, or anything, you know, that's associated in the cinematic universe with DC. I'm a Marvel guy, and I do, you know, find some DC shit to be plausible, but you get the point. Watching that shit was a chore. It was a pain in the ass to have someone say, oh, well, I thought it was decent. So you think an arena full of 7,000 people out of a 23,000-seat capacity was decent. The PG era caused a lot of people to float outside of WWE, go watch something else. It deterred viewership is what I'm fucking getting at. So now that they're at TV 14, please understand what we are trying to tell you as fans. Because now, some of the AEW faithfuls turn their heads back around and going, maybe you should put this shit in reverse and see what WWE is doing outside of, you know, having people get hurt, signing celebrities, having incidents happen with Vince. Let's see what they can do. You're in the spotlight now. Cue up the music and fucking either dance really good to it or look like a fucking fool. That's all I'm telling you. It's not an ultimatum because as a longtime wrestling fan, knowing 
that people are going to criticize no matter what you do. I guarantee you, even with the TV 14 ring, somebody's going to find something. It's kind of on the fence about it because we, the fans, have been promised things, right? And when you gave it to us, still not satisfied some of us. And even, you know, it's the small things, man. Wrestling definitely has changed since 97, obviously. There's some wrestlers that used to wrestle during that time are still wrestling. Staying. Simon Dallas Page doesn't, dude, but uh, you get what I'm saying, folks. It takes a special person to sit through all the bullshit and still watch wrestling. I is one of those people out of the millions who still watch it. Or even if I'm wrong, 100,000, all right? But TV 14, the rating that has now been dubbed upon with WWE, all I'm going to ask is please make your programming worthwhile, worth watching, make it entertaining. Other than that, I really ain't got nothing left to say other than if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say tonight in one big rambling circle, that I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Two little bitches, I gotta get my beauty rest. Alright, join me and Pizza Simpson. The date is to be decided. So if you didn't like what we have to say next week, again, forget about it. Alright. Let's party on out, all right? (laughs) Have a good weekend. Enjoy the weeks before school. Dig it.